Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, indeed. I am. Good morning, by the way. I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good, good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. This is it. This is the, uh, the, the, the last summer. weekend of May. Yes. What can we be doing outside now? Uh, you can be um, planting your vegetables. Um, don't plant your... I think it's a little early still for the tomatoes and things. I think the ground's still a little cold for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, but you can be planting your vegetables, mowing your lawn. Lawns look great, Lawns look great. Um, you know, you don't have to water if you've gotten enough water. Don't Don't overwater. Um, that those are the kind of things you can be doing, you know, putting in your pots and your annuals. And what are you going to be doing? Well, they're tearing up the streets in our neighborhood, Uh-oh. so I get to remove bricks from the boulevard. Do they so, hire you to do that, or is this no, just on this your is own? something I have to do because really? I put bricks out on my oh, boulevard as, as a boundary. So I need to move those in case they want to redo the curbs. So. Didn't you tell us in the past uh, shows that uh, you're not supposed to put stuff? No, up no, there no. Yet. That you you do you kind of let your lawn. I don't have a lawn. You don't have a lawn. No. What do you have instead of a lawn? All I have is trees and shrubs and plants, and that's all I have. That's, that looks great. Well, no, it's kind of messy, but it looks. <laughs> the the little kids are all playing outside when I came home yesterday, and they saw, all said that um, I have the forest garden. Ah. I have the forest house. That's what I have. So they I have could, a lot of fruit trees, and they all wanted to come in and play and get lost. Play in, in the, the jungle. They wanted to play in the jungle and get lost. And I said, well, you can't get lost because there's a fence. So you just keep going in one direction, you'll find a fence. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to talk to um, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, with us this hour. Let me give you the phone number and the text number, 651-989-9226, uh, or send a text, 81807 We're already getting those. Excellent. You know, can we give them the extension? Oh, let's do that. Okay, so it's extension.umn.edu, or you could go to extension.umn slash YG News, Yard and Garden News. You can sign up for the Yard and Garden News, so you'll get all kinds of cool information every week. Like this week, you could learn from Mary Myers um, um, how to read plant labels. Mm. And what to do and how they originated, and there's just fascinating stuff on there. There, th- that website is—it's pretty amazing, it isn't is it? Unbelievable. Yeah. And there's all kinds of links to more stuff if you want to investigate more stuff. And yeah, especially you know after you get out over doing all your Memorial Day stuff on sa- sa- Friday, I'm sorry, Monday. I mean, it's going to be rainy. Yeah. So go and hang out by the computer, grab a cup of tea or the beverage of your choice, and. 
extension.umn.edu. Edu. Yep. Or mm-hmm. what was the other choice? Or you can go to extension.umn slash YG News, Yard and Garden Yard and Garden. News. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet you can Google a lot of you that You can stuff. Google yeah. all of that because who can remember these things? You <laughs> all know? of that. But once yeah. you get there, then you bookmark it. Then you don't ever have to remember it again, and you can save that space for other important things like plant names. Here's a text, Teresa. By the way, text number 81807. A burning bush is about five feet high. There's only one branch with a green leaf. All other branches look dead. Any chance it'll come back if we cut back to near ground level? Do we have a chance to save it? You could give it a shot. Mine hasn't leafed out much either this year. Um, I, there might just be some dieback in there. So instead of just cutting it back, what I'd do is I'd start at one of the dead-looking branches, and I'd just start cutting and cutting like every two or three inches till you get to green wood. And um, then just leave it at the green wood and see if it leaves out oh, that okay. way. You also might want to look at the bottom to make sure it wasn't um, uh, uh, girdled by, by bunnies or that you don't see any holes in there because they are susceptible to some borers, too. Mm, okay. Let's go to the phones, Teresa. Brian is calling in from Coon Rapids. Brian, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Brian. Hello. Yeah, I just had a question about transplanting some chokecherry bushes. Mm-hmm. They got When they initially got planted, they got planted too close together. Okay. So I'm looking to spread them out. When would be the best time to do that? You know, you could do it right now. Or wait till they're done, um, like in the fall, whichever way is best for you. They're they're just going to be, you know, bushes, and I'm assuming they weren't transplanted like 12 years ago. It was probably a fairly new transplanting, maybe from last year. So just dig them up and move them as soon as possible. Yeah, they'll probably be starting to flower, and you may throw it off a little bit, but don't worry about that. All right, very good. There's a line. Thank you, Brian. 651-989-9226. That's our phone number. Text number, meanwhile, 81807. Let's go back to the text messages. Uh, here's one that says, just one of my silver maples is dropping hundreds of clusters of green whirlybirds uh, with broken end branches. Is my tree okay? What are the signs of a dying tree? Um, it probably is okay. What you might be seeing is just, uh, it could be some wind damage because we've had some winds. It could be squirrel damage. Sometimes they're pruning stuff up there and things are falling all over. It could just be regular stuff coming down that you've just never noticed before because it's a little bigger this year. Um, silver maples are pretty hardy. Uh, they they do. They are kind of a messier tree. They like to drop a lot of stuff. So just keep an eye open. It should be leafing out just fine as long as that's not a problem. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about it. And you can always call a certified arborist to come in and look at your tree on site, and they can give you a good um, a good. Uh, recommendation. Um, with any of your trees, you want the trees to, to have a root flare at the bottom as they enter the ground. So you want them to look like how a little kid might draw a tree with the little flare. You don't want it to look like a telephone pole going into the ground. Maples do tend to get girdling roots. So although it's a big tree, that's probably not the situation, but I would, I would double check to make sure that's happening too. If you have a question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, call it in or text it in like a lot of folks are doing. Let's see. Good morning, this one says. I have an, uh, uh, having easy care houseplants, but I hate constantly having to repot them. Do you know of any slow-growing houseplants that are relatively easy to care for? Oh, sure. There's a lot of them. The Sanzevera is pretty slow. Um, your, uh, your African violets aren't that fast-growing. Um, and you don't have to always repot them in bigger pots. You can do what's called root pruning, so you don't have to keep putting them in bigger pots. You you pull them out, and, and most of the time you don't need to repot these houseplants. But you pull them out. You cut about an inch or half an inch all the way around, so you're cutting off some of the roots and take off some of the bottom. 
put it back in the same pot, give it fresh soil all around the bottom and the sides, and you can limit the growth of the plant and you can limit how big those pots get. Um, but yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot like Chinese evergreen doesn't grow that fast. There's an awful lot of house plants that don't grow that fast. So, so think about some of the plants rather than your trees. Um, you know, some, cause sometimes you get palm trees and things like that. Those are want to be trees. They're big. So they want to get big. All right. Uh, text number eight, one, eight, zero seven. Let's go back to the phones. Teresa, Brenda is calling from Brooklyn center. Hi, Brenda. What is your question? Hey, Brenda. Uh, hi. So I have two uh, great big lilac bushes by my driveway, mm-hmm. and this year there's barely any kind of blooms on them. Mm-hmm. They look like there's seedling from last year on them, but barely any blooms. Now it's a, they're old, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know if it's yep. because they're old and overgrown. And did or... you prune them at all? Have you done um, any pruning yeah, on them? Yeah, it's very difficult to prune them, but that's the that's the. That's the key to get them to come back? Well, it depends because they set their flowers right after they finish flowering the year before. So if you do any pruning in the in the middle of summer or the fall, you're cutting off all the flowers. Plus, any flowers on those trees are going to be up near the top because that's the new growth. And if there's any extra shade, that's going to be an issue too. Um, if, they le- if they're leafing out and they look fine, I wouldn't worry too much about it. This winter was kind of tough on a lot of plants, so you may see some dieback. Um, cut out what's ever dead. If you need to go ahead, um, go to the extension site, extension.umn.edu, and look at renewal pruning. And that will give you a really good idea how to bring those trees or those shrubs down to a bigger, uh, shorter height, um, still keeping flowers every year, but to add more flowers every year, too. Okay. Thank you, Brenda. Texter says, can I plant zinnia seeds this weekend? Yes, please do. Plant lots of them. Here's an interesting question. Texter says, is crabgrass and corn a related plant? Yep. They're all is grasses. Is that true? Well, they're all grasses. They're all, they're all in, the, in the zia family, yeah, or all in the grass family. They're, a corn is a grass. Kentucky bluegrass is a grass. Fescue is a grass. Lemongrass is a grass. Quackgrass is a grass. Barnyard. That's why you are the master gardener. <laughs> I'm not. They're all in the grass family. So, yes, even people eat grasses. We eat the seeds, though, in the corn. Oh, so don't, eat, don't graze on your lawn. That's not very good for you. All right. Very good. Let's see. Let's go to Richfield. I think Carol is there with a question. Uh, Carol, good morning. You're on CCO. Hi, Carol. Good morning. I'm laughing. Corn is a grass. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew, huh? Um, I have rhubarb, okay? I visited a neighbor who also has rhubarb, but it looks totally different. The leaves are very dark green and real curly around the edges. Mm -hmm. Is that edible? Um, It depends. There is a... a, And I want to say showy rhubarb. That's not the right word. There is one that's just a landscape rhubarb, too. Um, You could look at it and make sure it is a rhubarb. You can always try to eat it. Some of those, some of the ones that are more for um, show with with flash fancy leaves aren't very, they don't taste really good. Um, But but you could try it. It, Just don't eat the leaves, only eat the stalks, of course. Okay. Uh, Teresa, we need to take a quick break. Okay. All right, hang on. We have more show to come. If you want to chat with... Uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, you can call in your question, 651-989-9226, or send Teresa your text, 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, helping you out by phone and by text. And as usual, Teresa, we have a bunch of both. Wonderful. Well, remember, if we don't get to you guys, um, please just go to the extension.umn.edu site. Or click on the Yard and Garden News and sign up for that, and you'll learn stuff, too. We're thinking about going to uh, 
the Arboretum this weekend. Oh, how beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet you it's going to be, I bet a lot of folks are going to have I think there. a lot of folks are going to A lot of color, there. right? Yep. A lot of, lot of tulips, a lot of color. And they're, they just are, we're supposed to finish up the big castle twig mm. building or whatever it is. So that's out there too this year. So look forward to that. With all kinds of towers and everything. But yeah, check out that website. We would like to remind you that every week, the university's website, extension.umn.edu. And Jeff Hahn has a really good article on Japanese beetles there. All right. So about when to treat the grubs and all kinds of stuff. So if you've had beetles before, or if you have a lawn, um, if you don't have a lawn, you don't have to worry about grubs. <laughs> but. But if you have a lawn. <laughs> And our Japanese beetles. Go and check Jeff's Jeff knows article. his stuff. Jeff knows his Entomologist, stuff. Entomologist, yeah. All right, back to the phones. Okay. Let's uh, talk to Beth, who is calling from uh, Minneapolis, I believe. Beth, you're on CCO. Hi, Beth. Hi. Uh, quest, two questions for you. One on the corbels and one on moss. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this weather has, not, has been very enjoyable for moss. Mm-hmm. But can I just pull it out and put it in the garbage? Sure. I mean, is that the best way to deal with or it? Or throw it in your compost bin. You or, could do okay, that, too. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, it, it will, it, um, how shall I say? Um, it, it won't it, hurt anything. It won't hurt anything. But, um, but yeah, you don't want to throw um, you don't want to throw the moss. You'd have to put it in your yard waste bin, not into your, into your household trash bin. And wherever there was moss now, there's probably going to be moss later unless you change why it was there. Okay. So the conditions have to change. Just if you have uh, the same weed coming back, creeping Charlie or moss or dandelions, the condition that were was good for that weed, unless you change the conditions, the weeds can reappear. Okay. Now the other question on the corabels. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so beautiful. The colors, of course, mm-hmm. on the leaves. When you buy them, and oh, oh and the next year or the couple years later, they get like woody. Mm-hmm. Okay. How... How can can you just cut off uh, a piece of woody uh, stem, shall we say, and put it in like uh, root growth and then plant it another spot? I don't think that will work. I think you have to divide the crown, and it's a little tricky. I would go to the website on that one for sure. Um, sometimes they just send out runners too, and you can kind of root, but sometimes you need to divide the crown. I don't don't know that you can just root the woody stalks. I mean, you can give it a shot. I could be really wrong about that. That would be fantastic. But um, I, I'm not really sure about that part of it. Sorry. Teresa, we're getting, I'm going to get Cindy from Andover okay. in here because we're getting text messages along the same uh, same topic. Uh, Cindy, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I, uh, we have a boxwood uh, bush mm-hmm. that looked like it was going to be fine this spring. Mm-hmm. But the only green part is towards the bottom of it, mm-hmm. and the top of it turned this, it looks dead, mm-hmm. um, greenish-white. Yep. Um, it probably it probably got some wind burn, some sunburn, um, some, it dried out over the winter time. Um, if you didn't water enough going into winter, because it isn't evergreen, um, right. it's not like a pine, but it is an evergreen, so you've got to water really well going into the winter. A lot of the boxwoods people plant, um, they might plant in a windy or exposed site or right next to the south or west side of the house, so it gets that hot sun in the, in the wintertime, and they just come out of dormancy and they just lose all their moisture. So 
what you can do is just, um, as with any plant where you're not really sure where the dead and where the live begins, start at the end and start snipping back till you come to some green wood. Um, it may be that you lose the whole top of your boxwood. Uh, that means just next year, if you plant other boxwoods, maybe put up a burlap um, wall so that the wind or in the in the um, the uh, sun are broken. You don't have to wrap your boxwoods because what's the point of having a green boxwood that's all wrapped in brown? But you just want to you just want to break the wind, break the the um, the sun, and make sure you're watering it and plant the right pla- plant in the right place. So not on a really windy north north. Um, west wind exposure or where it's going to get too hot in the wintertime. And Teresa, as I mentioned, that's uh, the the texter had the same question Mm -hmm. as Cindy. Yeah. And that you've answered that burlap wrapped these in the fall. How do you, what are you saying to, if you don't have to wrap, wrap them, how do you, how do you build a screen? Just Just, a screen. You just want to, you just want to break the wind, slow down the wind a little bit, or you just want to, to give it a little shade from the sun. So, so you don't you don't really need to wrap it up. You just make like a little a little screen, like a little cage with. The burlap? You don't even have to do a cage. You could just do um uh, two sticks with burlap. Oh, okay. So you just have like a screen, and it's maybe to break the wind or break the sun, or you have two one to break the wind, one to break the sun, depending oh, upon how it goes. Right. Yep, and protect them. I don't know. They probably are eaten by bunnies. So. Actually, you know, I didn't. Uh, there's they no didn't critter that no. Wonderful. There's been Wonderful. two or three years now. None okay. have been eaten by well, deer I'm or. Well, sure, next year the bunnies and deer. <laughs> they listen. If they're to hungry this enough. Show. Yes, they listen to this show. They'll know. We have to uh, take a break, Teresa. Okay. Hang on. We have another right. half hour of the show to go. If you uh, want to call Teresa, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you'd rather text, we'll pick up on those too when we come back. That number eight one eight zero seven. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We're around every Saturday here on CCO. Eight o'clock hour. Hope you can join us from time to time. Uh, this morning, we have in studio our uh, friend Teresa Rooney, who is a master gardener, helping you out today by phone and by text. Beautiful day today. It's an absolutely gorgeous day. Are you going to do get outside and do any work? I will. I will be doing some brick moving and, oh, that's right. and then a little, probably a little weeding or something. I don't right. know. Yeah, it'll be pretty mellow. It'll be a nice day for It'll you. be beautiful, yeah. I have a fancy tea to go to this afternoon. Oh, how about that? Yeah, it's one of my friends. Time one for one tea. On a raffle. Yes, it will be time for tea. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones, Teresa. Jerry is uh, calling from Stillwater. Jerry, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Jerry. Yeah, I'd like to ask you some questions. I got uh, six seedless green ash in my yard, and how do I protect them from ash borer? You can. Um, well, <laughs> uh, there are there are chemicals you can you can use. You can um, get them on uh, at your garden center. Um, you can also have them um, treated with by an arborist. Uh, a tree service. That is something you'll have to do probably for a very long time. Um, I would also maybe consider planting some other trees in case the worst happens and they do get ash borer. Um, they've now found ash borer out in the Minnetonka area. So, you know, Minnesota has the most ash trees of any anyone in the Anywhere, any states right? yeah. in the United States. So we're just like a, a you know, all-you-can-eat buffet for ash borer. So they can overwinter, they're fine, they're going to move. So don't move firewood, um, only buy your firewood locally. Um, don't transplant trees from one area to another, only buy your trees from, from good sources and, um, and think about diversifying your yards. That's about it. All right. Thank you. Thank you, good Jerry. Luck. Sorry, I don't have any, any magical, magical thoughts. Yeah. 
But I never learned. I learned that just the other day that we in Minnesota have the uh, largest the most, amount of ashes. Yeah, yeah, we have the highest population. Yeah. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you want to call in your uh, question, text is eight one eight zero seven. Here's a text. It says I live in Pine County. Is the ground too cold to plant morning glory seeds? Probably. Well, I don't know. Um, you could plant them. They probably won't do much right now. I'd probably wait if you can. And then before you plant them, I'd probably soak them overnight so they germinate a little faster. Mm. Um, but they do overwinter for a lot of people, so maybe you don't need to the warm soil. But they'll just if you put them in now, they'll just germinate when they're ready anyway. So it's not like you can speed that up unless you soak them a little bit. Okay, very good. Another text says, how do I get rid of fern and lily of the valley but keep hosta and others in the shade garden? (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. Yes, I did. Um, That's going to be manual pulling your weeds. You can also treat them with an herbicide. You'd have to spot treat. Make sure you get one that does not translocate in the soil so it's not going to have any dicamba in it. Um, That moves through the soil. It'll say don't use over tree roots. So that will give you an indication right there that it can move over in the soil. And um, you're just going to have to manually pull most of them is what you're going to have to do. And just be really on top of it because Lily of the Valley and some of those ferns, they're very, very, very aggressive plants. Um, And so you're just going to have to fight with them. Okay. Texter wants to know if uh, I can still prune my apple tree. Um. Not really. Uh, There's no pruning police. So you can do anything you want in your garden at any time. There's always consequences if you do it at the wrong time. So right now your tree could get fire blight. Um, It could get some more um, insect problems. So it's up to you what you want to do. But um, if you have to prune, um, just do the minimal pruning. But I would say no if you don't have to. Okay. Back to the phones we go. Uh, Steve is calling from Hudson. Uh, Steve, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Steve. Good morning, and uh, thanks for taking my call. Okay. Thanks for a really great program. Oh, Thank good. You. Thank you. We have had a really cold winter, and uh, I have always tried different and new species of uh, fruit trees. And so I've got a little input on how they survive the winter, and I'm wondering if you also maybe have found uh, out some new varieties that are winter hardy. Okay. I've got a Somerset grape that okay. looks like it survived really well and is going to have a good crop this year, and the, and the grapes are delicious. Okay. I also have a contender peach. I've yep. had it for about four years, mm-hmm. and it's just delicious fruit. That is a delicious tree, yes. The fruit is absolutely delicious, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't look very good. No primary buds left, so no fruit this year, but it looks yeah. like the plant may die. Mm-hmm. The uh, leaves are just about an inch long now. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people, their, their peaches this year look pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have yeah. you found out anything after this cold winter? Um, that, that would be probably it. Um, a lot of the, a lot of my, even my apricots kind of died back a little bit, uh, but they're older trees and, and just understand that a lot of your fruit trees, they have a short life anyway, because they put so much energy into the fruiting and they have so much fruit that they're trying to, you know, propagate themselves. So they, they tend to get a lot of diseases and damages and things like that. Um, yeah, but I didn't, I don't specifically know any other special things that made it through the winter. I'm going to grab some text messages, but okay. right right after Steve, uh, who's calling in from, I'm sorry, Scott is calling uh, on a cell phone, I believe. Scott, go, thank you for calling. What's your question? Hey, Scott. Hi. Um, can you top arborvitae? I've gotten some, I have some that have gotten very, very tall. You can. Is it the best thing to do? No, but okay. you you can do it if it's getting too tall, if it's getting in the wires, 
things like that, then you have to. Um, you can. Um, it's not the best thing, but yes, you can do it. Um, try to only take off, you know, a, a quarter of the entire tree if necessary. Um, and this is a good reason to say, you know, make sure you know how big the plant is going to get, and you might not have planted it. But also before you plant anything that's going to get taller than four feet, you look up and make sure there's no wires overhead because you don't want to have to be fighting the that's wires. Good point. Good point. Good luck. Uh, Texas says, my burning bushes were girdled by rabbits this winter. Can they be saved is one question. Maybe. Should I cut back the girdle parts, see what happens? Yep. I would cut it back because anything that's girdled, even if it leaves out, it probably won't survive too long because there's only so much energy above the girdles. Um, so cut back and hope it resprouts from the bottom. If it has a healthy roots, root area, there may be some life um, beneath the girdles and it'll come, the girdled part or from the roots itself and it will come back for you. Otherwise, it's just a reminder, read the Humane Critter Control book and protect your plants. Yeah. Now tell us about that book now. What's, what's, tell us um, the title. It's called Humane Critter Control. It's by me. Um, but it's just pretty much just letting the animals do whatever they want and you kind of figure out how to work with them. All right. Pretty much that's what it is. All right. You know? Don't be mean. Don't, don't be mean, but there's so much we can do and you can plant your yard in different ways and include different things and use fencing and just learn to love fencing and understand, hey, you've got to have fencing up there sometime. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be a permanent thing, but you can keep it up there when you need it. I'm not sure this is what I think it is, but a texture says, I have something with purple flowers growing in my lawn. What is it? <laughs> I think we know what that is. That's our friend. Well, it's it could be one of two things right now. It could be Creeping Charlie that will have little round leaves, or it could be little violets, which look like little pansies or little violets. So you need to figure out what, what the flower is and um, then treat it accordingly. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Ginny is calling from River Falls, I believe. Ginny, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Ginny. Good morning. Good morning, Mary. I have a question uh, about a compass vine, and it's a very old vine. I had gotten it from my dad many years ago, like back in the 70s, and I think the winter was very harsh on it because it is stone dead. But it always sends up new shoots mm-hmm. into the yard that, that before I've always just went right over them and covered them up because I would have a jungle of yes, you would. Uh, trumpet vine. And now there is about three or four of them inside my other flower bed, which I have lined with the cloth, weed cloth. But I was wondering how, uh, and I'm going to have to try to dig them up because I want to save them. Okay, what uh, you can how, do. How much, mm-hmm. how much of a root would I need or how far would I have to dig, you know, to get mm-hmm. enough root? start another plant. What I would try to do is um, where those shoots are coming up, if you want to save one or two of them, is go back between the shoot and the mother plant, maybe about a foot, and chop down. You want to cut that root. Um, And then just leave that little trumpet vine there. Um, Make sure it's still growing active. And then maybe as it gets a little bit bigger, then you can move it where you want to. But if it dies, you know it didn't have enough energy. It hadn't rooted out. But that's what I would do is I would cut it from the mother, leave it in place, let it root out there for like half a season, and then move it at that time. Um, Sometime in the summer, maybe when it's a cooler day, an overcast day, um, move it to where you want it back. And in the meantime, cut back your other one. And I would be surprised if it did not leaf out or if it did not send up new roots from that area, too. All right. You can call in your question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney this morning. Uh, or send a text, 81807. We only have about a million text messages. Here's one of them. A million. What, <laughs> we what should, do a speed text. I should thing. say. <laughs> what should the soil temp be for planting tomatoes, sweet corn, green beans, et cetera? 
uh, all different soil temps for those, but think of at least 60. Oh, okay. 60 to 65 for all of those. You know, and if you're doing lettuces and stuff, they can be like 40. All right. Quick break is in order, okay. Teresa. We'll be back. We have more show to come here, Smart Garden Show on CCO Round every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Uh, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is in studio with us today answering your questions. And I'll tell you what, we have so many text messages. Can we get to them? Let's try. Let's do that. And then we're going to give you that website again for the U of M as we always do. And the Yard and Garden News. Yes, yes, yes. I'm trimming, Texter says, large branches off a huge scotch pine today. Uh, uh, is it? Oh, it just jumped. Where where did it go? Um, doo, 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 where did it go? My goodness. Well, if you're trimming your scotch pine, you, you, your scotch pine, you want to make sure that you're trimming the minimal amount, twenty five percent of the entire tree at one time, the entire brand, the entire thing. Um, it's okay time to prune them, and then of course with the scotch and the mugos and things like that, look for the little soft fly larva. Is it okay the Texas is to leave six feet or so, or is it better to cut right? By the trunk. No, you want to cut right to the trunk. Okay. Yeah, unless you want it to have that dead branch with the little thing. You don't want to leave a dead branch sticking out. You want to cut it with the trunk. Uh, go to the extension website and do the three-part cut, and it will show you where the branch collar is because you don't want to cut into the branch collar. You want to cut just at that branch collar, and that's something important to know when you're trimming trees. Extension.umn.edu. Yep, or just Google branch collar, like a collar on your neck. Oh, okay, good. Uh, my lawn, Texas, has, has thousands of tiny maple seedlings growing out of the grass, one to two inches high. How do I kill those? Mow. Just cut them down. Just mow. Yeah, if you guys don't mow your yards, they'll turn into a forest. So people. that's why, that's why you don't normally see trees coming up in yards because people are mowing people all People mowing. Yep. Texas says, can I transplant my peony right now? You can. It's not the best time. I would wait till August, if at all possible. Your peonies are starting to become um, ready to bloom, so it's not a good time. When something's going to bloom, you don't want to be transplanting it. All right. Uh, another text says this. My seven-year-old mulberry tree has nothing. Are they a late leafer? I think they might be a little later. Um, I, I, I've seen a lot. You know, we think it's pretty late, but it's been gosh darn cold out there. It has. And we haven't had any sunshine. And those are the things that help. And the warmth helps wake up the plants. So um, so I'd give it a shot. Um, I'd wait for it. I wouldn't give up on it. But I would also, if you want to go out there, you know, bend the branches. Are they still flexible? Then don't worry. It'll leaf out. Um, you can start your little bit of pruning where you just tip, cut inch by inch till you get to green wood. You may find green wood immediately. It's just taking time to wake up. And the soil is still pretty cold out there. So Here's another text. We have a 30-year-old maple tree that has buds on it but hasn't leafed out yet. It, it lost its leaves early last fall. Is it dying? It could be. Um, there is a there is a, something where maples just sudden maple death, um, which I laugh about when I hear that because they don't know why it happens. Also, again, look at the trunk of your maple where it enters the ground. You want it to have a root flare. You don't want it to go be going straight into the ground like a telephone pole. If it's going into the ground, you may have girdling roots, so you need to dig around the trunk and find that girdling root and cut it. Okay. lot of tree questions mm-hmm. today. Uh, here's another one. Very little leaves on my 15-year-old Cleveland Select Flowering Pear Tree. This spring there are buds but did not open. Did the cold weather damage uh, the tree, and will it be okay next year? It'll probably be okay next year. You may have had some some heavy—we had some 
some frosts in some areas, and those late frosts can really mess with the buds um, of the flowers. So if it leaves out, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, you just don't get any fruit this year. That's a really great reason to always plant a diverse uh, bunch of fruit trees in your yard. So if the pears or the apricots don't fruit out, maybe you can get the apples or the something else. A texter says this, do you have any recommendations when transplanting white pines, any particular size that transplants well, one to three feet, should I use mulch when I replant them mm-hmm. to hold moisture? What I would do is I would plant the smallest trees you possibly can the, and always buy the smallest trees you possibly can. They adjust better. They move better mm-hmm. into the new location. You don't need mm-hmm. to amend the soil with anything because the tree has to learn to live in the soil it is in. You want to plant your mm-hmm. trees so the roots are about an inch Um, below the surface of the soil that goes for all trees so make sure even if they're planted too deep from the nurseries or whatever you need to plant them that deep make the hole wider than the pot or wider than what you've done so you fluff up that soil you backfill with the regular soil if you must you can add a little compost to make up the difference and then mulch around in the area and keep it about three to four inches from the trunk of the trees make sure you um when you dig the hole you fill the hole with water let the water drain, put your plant in, backfill water really well again, then put your mulch over and maybe even give it another drink of water. Okay. Uh, having trouble finding pink honeysuckle bushes, other colors seem more, available, seem more available. I'm wanting to fill in where the original bushes have burned out. We haven't been pruning but need to as they are about 45 years old, blooming like crazy now, but scraggly. Mm-hmm. Um, go to the website and learn about renewal pruning, extension.umn.edu, renewal pruning. That will help you with that. Um, you may even want to call the Arboretum. Uh, their library sometimes can help you find um, catalogs that may feature the honeysuckle you're looking for. Or the first place I would go is I would go to my local garden center and talk to someone there and say, this is what I'm looking for. Can you get it for me? Can you get it for me next year? Um, sometimes your garden centers are willing to do that. And there may be a reason why they can't get them anymore, too. Uh, there's a texture, and it may be some misspelling here. It's about rhubarb. There's uh, some uh, rumors going around about uh, poison-type rhubarb. It says this year is the worst ever. Can the weather turn rhubarb to poison? And if the stalks are mushy, could these stalks be non-edible? Well, if the stalks are mushy, I wouldn't eat them because no. I don't know why they're mushy. Um, the rhubarb, uh, the leaves are, are poisonous, and sometimes at the later part of the season, some of that some of that um, poison seeps into some of the stalks. It's not going to kill you, but it can make mm-hmm. you kind of sick. Um, but leaves would kill you. Uh, so I haven't heard anything about poison rhubarb. Is it okay, Texture wants to know, to kind of repeat the seeding, grass seed, every few weeks or so? Well, you can, but I don't know why you would. That means you're going to have to constantly be um, be watering, and you're not going to be able to mow because as soon as the seed sprouts, it needs to get up about an inch or two before you mow it. Otherwise, your mower is going to pull it up. So don't keep overseeding unless you're overseeding like dog patches. Then you just reseed those and avoid those for a little while. You guys have said often that the Really, the best time to seed your lawn is in the fall. In the fall. August, September. Right. The soil's warm. The nights are cool. It's moisture. You've got a lot of dew that will will wake the seeds up, and you don't have that hot sun. It's, It's not really good to seed this time of year.
I heard you say, Texter says, that ground may be too cold to plant tomatoes. Can I plant other veggies, peppers, squash, cukes, and can I plant radish seeds, beet seeds? You can plant those seeds. Um, It's almost too late for radishes. They may not bulb out. It's going to get hot. They don't like the hot weather. Beets will be fine. Um, All those other plants that you asked for, those are all warm season crops. I would just wait a little bit or get a soil thermometer and make sure your soil's at least 60, 65 degrees. As soon as your soil hits that, go ahead and do it. There's also some um, online you can find soil temperatures too. Do you have to prune back clematis vines ever, Dexter wants to know? No. You don't? You never have to prune anything ever. There's no law that says you have to prune something. Um, but if you, and it depends on what kind of clematis it is, uh, how you prune it, when you prune it, if you want to prune it. Um, but no, there's no rule that says you have to ever prune your clematis. No. Mm-mm. I know we have 60 seconds to go. Oh my gosh. Can you speak to the pros, cons of laying down beneficial nematodes to combat Japanese beetle grubs? Go for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, read Jeff Hahn, read Jeff, Hans, Jeff's, Jeff Hahn's article on the yard and garden line. Um, and also read Ann Sawyer's article about learning about garden myths. So what is Epsom salt and should you use it in your garden? What's that's, that good for? That's what you have to you read it for. Read find <laughs> Don't give away Basically, the Basically, nothing. Don't use it. Oh, but, really? Yeah. It's not, not needed. No. Oh, okay. But, yeah, right. but read Ann's article. She explains it better. Go to extension.umn.edu or go to extensionumn slash YG News and sign up for the Yard and Garden News and keep those gardens growing. And get out today and this weekend. Get out today and tomorrow and enjoy it. Even if you don't do any work, just grab a beverage and go out and sit and watch nature. I agree. Thanks, Teresa. Good to see you. Thank you, Denny. Good to see you. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney here on CISO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.